Good afternoon, my fellow investors. Welcome back to another episode of the Newcomer Investor channel, where we talk about stocks, share insights and debate. I hope you're all doing great. Hope you've had a fantastic week. I'm really excited because I am right now recording from the recording studio, because if you did not know, I'm also a musician, so I have a studio. But I have ordered uh, a new mic for my home setup. Uh, which I'm very excited to use. So I'll have some really clean audio when I record episodes outside of the studio as well. So that's exciting. And I've been meaning to order this mic for literally months now. Like I didn't even want it because of the podcast. I just wanted it in general, but now I finally bit the bullet. So it should be coming soon. So I'm very excited to do that. Anyway, before moving forward with the rest of our episode, I do have to remind you that nothing in this podcast is investing or financial advice. This is purely entertainment. So I am just telling you what I'm doing. That does not mean that you have to follow anything that I say. Of course, always do your own due diligence, do your own research, and you understand. Okay, our first topic today is a recap of the week. What happened last week? What did I do? Last week, I bought two stocks. Uh, these were both stocks that I already owned before and I just increased my position. Number one is Brookfield Corporation. Honestly, I've spoken so much about this company, you're probably sick of it by now, or at least at least you know what it is and how I feel about it, so I don't think I need to expand much on why I purchased it. Really, I saw that the stock price was a little under pressure and I thought, let's just keep building this position in this iconic company that is really poised to grow very well over the next 5-10 years. I'm very confident in it, so when I see it at a discount, I'm happy to buy. So that is why I purchased Brookfield as my number one stock last week. The second stock that I bought last week was Granite Real Estate Investment Trust, ticker symbol GRT.UN on the Toronto Stock Exchange. My friends, Granite honestly is such a great company. I feel really stupid for not having bought so much of it in the past because I've been looking at it for literally years and I only started a position earlier this year. So. Yeah, Granite is great. If you don't know it, I did give an overview um, of this company in episode 10, uh, titled Revealing My Latest Stock Purchase, which was Granite. So, but if you don't want to listen to the episode to give you a very quick overview, Granite is an industrial REIT. So they specialize in uh, logistics and warehouse and uh, industrial properties. What I love about it is, of course, the the product itself that they have, well, the, the properties are very sticky. Those agreements that they have with all these big companies are long duration so they have very stable reliable cash flows and on top of that they're diversified across different countries so they're not only in canada but they're also in the us and in europe i love that so granite's an awesome company they have the dividend yield is pretty low actually uh lower than for most reits which kind of sucks but that's what happens when you pay for quality usually you'll have a lower yield and i'm okay with that because at least i'm very confident that the yield the dividend will be safe so i like granite for a long-term position and uh, i intend to keep buying whenever it dips a little bit Okay, next thing I want to talk about is uh, my strategy, or not really a strategy, because you already know my strategy is simply to buy high quality assets, hopefully at a discount, and ideally that they pay a growing dividend, but sometimes not. That's more or less my strategy, but I want to talk a bit about how I look at the various pieces in my portfolio and how personal finance and circumstances do affect how I have structured my portfolio, at least how I'm looking at it moving forward. You see, I have a variety of stocks in my portfolio. Some of them, like I said, that don't pay any dividend at all. Some of them that pay a very high one, but don't really grow it much or at all. And some of them that pay a low-ish dividend and grow it a lot over time. And all of these stocks play a different role. And at some points in my life, I'm sure, will be more prominent or more important or useful than others. And I'm seeing this now for the next few months at least. 
some very exciting personal developments. I am getting married and we are moving into a new place, a new apartment in Toronto. So all of these things, super awesome, but it certainly does affect how I am going to structure my portfolio. Well, not structure portfolio, but the amounts of money I will be putting in because you see along with the wedding and the moving, we are also going to visit uh, my family in the UK and we're going to visit my fiance's family in the Middle East and in India. All of these trips and all of these things happening uh, this year for sure is going to, you know, affect how much we contribute because uh, for sure, we, we can afford what we're doing, but I also want to make sure that we maintain the integrity of our financial uh, situation. And so because of that, I don't plan on putting much more money into the accounts, at least for the rest of uh, this year or next few months, at least. I've seen a lot of memes and tweets of uh, people who are comfortable having, you know, 100000 invested and 500 or $1,000 in their checking accounts. That doesn't work for me. For my personality, I need a much, much larger emergency fund. You know, I'm speaking in tens of thousands at least. That's from my comfort level because you just never know when an accident happens. My MacBook is old. It might break. That's going to cost me 3K if I get a new one. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of things like that. So I am definitely focusing for the next few months on ensuring that we have a good very strong safety net, not just $100, but thousands of dollars at least. Now, with all of that said, considering that I'll be adding lower amounts uh, into my investing accounts moving forward, at least for the next few months, this totally changes the power dynamics within the stocks in my portfolio. And again, this brings us back to this whole dividend discussion and debate. When you have people who argue total return, who talk about stocks that pay zero dividends, I would not want that for this next period of my life, at least these next six months. Right now, the prominence, the role of my dividend cash flow machines is much more important. If you remember a couple episodes back, I was debating if I would sell Great West Life Co. and Power Corporation. I'm going to keep them because they are steady cash flow machines for me who will help me in my contributions moving forward uh, into the account, right? If I can't put in as much or less money than I used to, at least I can get good stable dividends from my cash flow machines, which I can then reinvest into the markets. So to recap, some of my stocks that many dismiss as low growth, you know, value traps, rubbish, garbage, whatever you want to call it. A lot of these stocks I am going to keep and rely on really for the next few months. I'm talking Scotiabank, I'm talking Power Corporation, I'm talking RioCan, Smart Centers, Enbridge. These companies are gonna be very important for me, uh, at least until the end of the calendar year, in order to help me stay invested, keep investing, even when I put in less money into the accounts. Okay, for our next topic, I wanted to share some of my thoughts on big tech and AI. Those are topics I haven't talked very much about, and uh, a couple of you asked me, you know, do you own any big tech? What do you think about all these topics? So yeah, I just wanted to give my perspective here uh, on all of this, starting just with big tech. So these companies are Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft, uh, known as the big five tech giants. I own four of them. These are Alphabet, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft. I do not own Amazon. Broadly, I think all of these companies are extremely high quality. They're very strong and they have wide moats. They're very hard to displace, you know, regardless of all the new technological developments going on. I think it they're very deeply entrenched in society. So whatever happens, I think they are pretty safe stocks to own in general. Now, 
In terms of my position sizings, they're very small. I own very little. I think if you add up all my tech stuff together, it's like 6% of my portfolio or something. And I own even larger positions in other tech company like uh, OpenText. So yeah, I, I don't own much of them. And the reason isn't that I don't like them or anything like that. It's really just that I find they always trade at very premium valuations that I'm just not very comfortable with. And I'm probably making a mistake here. Frankly, uh, a lot of the companies that win all the time, they tend to always trade at premium valuations and they just never go on a discount. So perhaps I was wrong to not build up bigger positions, but for now, they just feel a little too expensive for me to own significant portions. Another reason why I did not buy too much of them is the fact that the S&P 500 index fund is currently my third largest position and I'm working to bring it to bring it higher to make it my second. I believe it should pretty soon. So, you know, if you look at big tech, I think they make up about 25% of the index. So since I have so much of the index already, I don't consider it a big need to also own those individual stocks, at least not in very significant uh, quantities. So that's also part of the reason why. Um, and that's very, definitely a very notable thing to consider, the overlap between your holdings and your ETFs. Now, you may still wonder, why do I have four of them, but I don't have Amazon? <sighs> I really don't have anything against Amazon. It's really just familiarity. I know the other companies more. I have a more uh, intimate connection with them. You know what I mean? I use Microsoft, obviously Excel and all that all the time. I use Google every single day. I use Facebook ads. I've done that for my work. And of course I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone and I have had Apple products for literally 10 plus years now, only Apple. So. I know these products and these companies very well, but Amazon, I don't have a Prime subscription. Um, you know, I, I have some family members who do. I've tried the the Prime um, Prime Video, I think it's called, whatever, like the competition to Netflix. I didn't really like many of the movies that I've watched there uh, compared to Netflix or compared to Disney+. Plus. So, you know, when I, when I combine it with the fact that I don't really use Amazon that much and I don't like the Prime Video, I know that they have way more stuff going on. They have AWS, which is super popular and super growth and all of that, but it's it's just I, I don't feel very connected or interested in Amazon, so I just never bothered to buy it. And again, I own it in the index. That's enough for me, probably. Okay, now moving on to AI. Obviously, this is the new buzzwords, the new thing that everyone is talking about. Um, the way I think about it now is not how I would have thought about it just two, three years ago. I think that I have in my very short investing career and even short life as a 25 year old, I know that I still have much to learn, but I think I have grown a lot just in the last four years. Allow me to elaborate. AI has already transformed so many things in our society. It will continue to transform many things. We've seen some really good AI products like ChatGPT, which has dominated everyone's attention. I don't know if you've used it. I've used ChatGPT. It's amazing. I've also used DAL-E, which creates images based on a prompt that you give all through AI. That's also awesome. So there'll definitely be lots of things going on with that. But the part where I've changed is that a couple of years ago, I would have just jumped at the opportunity with a FOMO type of feeling, which is fear of missing out. I would think now is the time I have to buy any AI related stock without really considering the business case, the company's uh, financial stability or situation, their revenues, expenses, income, all of that. Now I'm a little more skeptical because I've been through this before. 
I've had a similar kind of thing with weed stocks. I bought so many of them. Well, I bought an ETF uh, back in 2019, and it was a complete disaster. We've also seen the crypto boom, which has totally failed as well, so far at least. I believe AI will be similar. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that AI won't progress or be an important part of society, but I think a lot of companies right now that are trying to brand themselves as AI companies are probably going to be a failure and are probably tricking a lot of people into buying them when they shouldn't. Therefore, I will be cautious about investing in, you know, whatever company that wants to call itself an AI company. I will stick to companies that have a proven business model. Uh, I think Google, Microsoft are good examples. These are companies that have made lots of profits over the last few years and will continue to make profits. You know, I will continue with companies like that rather than random AI startups. Consider the fact too that these big tech companies aren't only in the business of making all these, you know, software products. They're capital allocators. Their job is to make or buy. So, you know, I think uh, Mr. Satya Nadella probably knows more about AI than I do. I would rather let him decide to make Microsoft purchase an AI startup where they can see potential in a room to profitability rather than me just shooting dots at random companies that I don't even understand as well as he does, right? So I trust Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and whoever else will probably make better acquisitions uh, in that space rather than me just trying to pick a small cap AI company. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, you know, like Warren Buffett says, it's good to stick to your circle of competence. I know a little bit about tech, but that is not where I'm most comfortable and most knowledgeable. So I'd rather leave it to the experts for that. Okay, now for our final topic, I just wanted to have a quick word on another company that I really, really love, though I own a very small position, and that is Canadian Pacific Railway. Now, of course, if you follow me for a while, you know I'm a big fan of their arch enemy, uh, Canadian National Railway, which I own it's in my top five positions. But Canadian Pacific is also a really high quality company. And I just heard this um, this week a podcast called The Knowledge Project with Shane Parrish. So shout out to him. Uh, and he interviewed the CEO of Canadian Pacific, Keith Creel. The name of the episode is Keith Creel Lessons from Life on the Railroad. It's a really great episode, just in general, if you're curious about the rail industry, how it works. Uh, I was really impressed by the CEO. He clearly is someone who understands this entire business from you know start to bottom. Uh, he's He's been in the rail industry, I think, since the early 90s, and he's been there nonstop. So this is someone who really understands, and it's just very refreshing to hear someone who answers all questions so openly with a lot of transparency and who just has such a, a deep knowledge uh, in an industry. So I just highly recommend, doesn't matter if you own CP or CN or any of the other companies in that industry. Um, I had been looking at Union Pacific as well, which is a competitor down in the US. All those companies are great, but if you just want to learn more about that industry, I think it's a great podcast episode to listen to, and I will be linking it in the description. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Newcomer Investor channel. I appreciate it as always if you can subscribe to the YouTube channel or if you can give us a five-star rating, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music. Last but not least, I am gearing up to finally start working on some episodes with guests. So if you are interested in being a guest, please do reach out to me. Um, still figuring out the format and everything, but this is something that I expect to do uh, in the coming weeks, and I think that'll be a lot of fun, so definitely hit me up, let me know. All right, have a great day, and I look forward to connecting again with you soon.